Hey, Stats Pack. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Jason St. Clair. Today, let's talk about some basketball. Talk about some up, uh, one of, I think the third rated draft pick is Paulo Banchero, or Banchero. And we'll talk about some trades that's happening, especially with, <clears throat> especially with the Sacramento Kings. That was the big one made, big trade made. Uh, maybe brush up on, or oh, talk about the game last night between the Warriors and the Utah Jazz with a couple players out. How did that turn out? All right, first off, I want to talk about the Sacramento Kings trade, the big trade they made. I'm going to touch on this little Bleacher Report. They, they did a little winners and losers, and I'll, I'll do my little take here. Uh, the Indiana Pacers leading a further into the roster renovation, setting Domitas Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, Lamb, and a 2023 second-round pick to retooling or something. <laughs> Sacramento Kings for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. So really... I think that was the expiring contract of Tristan and Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald. Tyrese is the big uh, pick there. That's basically this is basically a Tyrese for Sabonis, Heald for Holiday trade. And doing it, Indiana also created a ten point five million dollar traded player exception as part of the deal. Swaps included twenty five year old All Stars, always notable transactions. But in this agreement, in particular, it speaks volumes about the long term direction of the two franchises. Um. So, did the Pacers adequately arm themselves for an abbreviated rebuild? So, just what is it that the Kings are doing? Which players involved stand to benefit the most? Is anyone tangentially related, adversely impacted by this blockbuster deal? So, obviously, that's all to be determined. So, immediate inclination to scribble the Kings and just move on. Losers, right? Trading no worse, the franchise second most important building block for a really good player who is questionable a fit alongside De'Aaron Fox. It's painful, uh, painfully on brand for Sacramento. So in some other ways, though, the Kings are finally doing or something at least attempting to do what they've been adding for most of their approximately six <laughs> for six attorneys, something literally <laughs> trying to trade and become a contender. Sabonis, without question, is the best player in this deal. Yes, absolutely. Someone who could control the glass and serve as a central nervous system for the entire offense. He's a sturdy... Screen starter and has some FU in his interior finishing and can navigate from the floor with his ball in his hands. His vision and decision-making are cornerstones of material and can devastate defenses with passing reads from actual standstills. Very talented, Domitas. Optimizing Sabonis the best way through spacing and clutters. The Kings are light on both a shedding body, Buddy Heald, who's been a, a great shooter. He's one of the top NBA three-point shooters of all time, actually, on the list. Uh, but he's been struggling this year. He has a two-year, $40.5 million contract. But he and Halliburton lead the team in three-pointers this year. So Harris Barson, Harris Barnes, excuse me, 40.6%. Justin Holiday, 37.8%. Or no, the Kings' only player shooting above the league average of 349 from deep. Um, so with that said, let's. I'm going to actually look at the Kings' new lineup. So... Second here. I believe it's going to be De'Aaron Fox, point guard. Davion Mitchell, point guard, but playing the two. Um, Bagley's going to be on the bench. It is uh, going to be Domitas at the four. Who's at the three? Let me see here. 
Hearns, Bagley, Damian Jones. No. Sorry, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, looks like he's going to be playing the four. I mean, that's a decent line. And obviously Harrison Barnes at the three. Um, that's old school lineup. Some big, I mean, there's some really, really, except for the two point guards with Mitchell and De'Aaron. If, if they're all healthy, it's a very, very traditional lineup. They're going to be running there. Um, not like really super high performing three point shooters, but they, I think this team as it's built is much better than it was before with all these guards. Um, no interior presence, no dominant interior presence that Domitas brings to them. I think this is a big trade for the Kings. Obviously, the the Pacers are on their way to just rebuilding their whole roster, so it doesn't. It's really hard to rate them where they're at at this point, or where the Indiana Pacers are going to be. But the Kings are definitely, in my opinion, a better place. A lot of people say this is an even swap, not improving either either or team. But I think this is a big improvement for the Sacramento Kings, and it could lead them potentially, maybe next year or whatever, to uh, the playoffs again. We shall see. That's just my take on it. Last night, the Golden State Warriors shorthanded played against the Utah Jazz. So the the Warriors have not had a problem beating teams shorthanded with with players out such um, lately. They've been able because they've been playing teams more or less towards the middle or the bottom of the rung here. When they placed when they played against somebody like the Jazz, who were up higher up on the rankings, like a better team. They were shorthanded, so they had to start Otto Porter Jr. and Jordan Poole, which uh, it, I think it really showed at the end of the day there. Yeah. I know Utah was even short their big man, but they beat them up 111-85. to 85. They were in Utah. They had a good start to the game, and then they just the game just got away from them. You can't do that when you're on the road. Bogdan... Uh, Bogdanovich, big game, 23 points. Donovan Mitchell, 14 points. Mike Conley Jr., decent, uh, you know, really digging him out of the hole at the beginning there. 13 points in the game, Jordan Clarkson, 13. Whiteside, huge on the board. I think this I think this really made the big difference here with 17 rebounds. Whereas the Warriors just like, got punked on the boards. I mean, that's why it's one thing that they're short. If the ball isn't falling, they're and there's this, a somewhat competent rebounder on the other side. They have problems. So typically, Kevon Looney, he's a great rebounder when there's not like some big dominant guy on the other side. But uh, it, if there is, he's going to have struggles even jumping over and rebounding over them. So anyways, Warriors still number two solidly in the West, 41-14 Utah Jazz. Who were on the downside? Maybe this was a turnaround. Are now thirty-four and twenty-one. All right, let's jump in, and I'm going to finish off with Paulo Banchero. About a month ago, he was the early favorite for the number one pick. Uh, he slid down since then to number three. Let's check out his highlight rule, and we'll just run over some of his strengths here, real quick. Obviously, this is the early highlights in the season, like I did with the other two. Um, let's check it out. Okay. Cheryl. Right now, before even... Okay. Decent outside shot. He's an extremely athletic kid. Uh, good bounce to him. He has good floor vision. Nice little alley-oop. Of course, this highlight I'm watching is Winston-Salem State. 
Uh, not exactly the best competition where they can just basically run all over them. Banchero Athletic, strong, fast, decent pull-up shot from mid-range. Uh, this is against Kentucky. Let's see, Banchero down low, athletic, dunk. That was an open dunk right there. Banchero, I guess it's Banchero, uh, he has, yep, there's a mid-range. He has a decent mid-range shot. Not afraid to use it. Post up. Using his size over the guy, a couple inches, his power is right over him. This is gonna, this game in particular is against Kentucky. And he goes his mid-range. He, he loves his mid-range game right there. He's old school. Turn around, fade away mid-range. Nails it. Very, uh, I know I said it already, but it's very um, Tatum Masker likes the mid-range. Learned that uh, Kobe loved doing that stuff, mid-range game. See, Bancaro, deep pass, wide open. This is an easy one. This is a dunk highlight. So what's big with Bancaro I could see right now is his, he has a decent post-up game, a good post-up game. His mid-range is great. Um, he has, I don't know what his three-point percentage is. I'll check out his uh, numbers after this. But I could tell his mid-range game is decent. Great basketball IQ. Like I said, great athletic ability. Would I pick him over? Would I pick him one or two? Oh man, maybe that. He's just. He seems like he's a little more polished. He's definitely more polished than the other two players. But potential wise, I think um, Parker's a little better and more athletic. Just slightly so. Uh, yeah, Pinkrow, he got. Okay. Good mid range game, good post up game. He's a solid player. That's going to be a solid pick for anybody. Um, I think fresh uh, freshman year in the, in the league, he's definitely going to be having. I think he's an easy 12, 12 5 guy. Let's check out his stats. Paulo Caro stats. Let's check him out. Let's see how he's doing. All right. As a freshman. 31.4 minutes. Field goal percentage, 48.5. Three-point percentage, 32.9. Not bad. Good free-throw shooter. Rebound, 8.4. Assist, 2.6. Good floor vision. Block, 1. Steal, 1. Personal foul. Doesn't foul a lot. Only 1.7 fouls per game and 17.2 points per game. He is an absolute solid player for the Duke Blue Devils. 6'10", 250. Yeah, so currently projected to go to the Rockets at number three. With, let's run it back, Jabari Smith, number one, going to Orlando. Chet Holgram, number two, going to the Pistons. And Paolo Banchero, number three, going to the Rockets. Next up, we got Jaden Ivey from Purdue, uh, yeah, sophomore. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to the Stats Beast podcast. Take care. Bye.